Welcome to The Bottleneck. The Bottleneck is a podcast dedicated to the love of factory and automation games. We're here to bring you the latest news and game reviews in the genre. I'm your host, Dave, joined by my fellow co-host, longtime friend, and virtual drinking buddy, Chris. Also joining us this week is our audio engineer, Kamal. Kamal is a longtime friend and fellow drinking buddy. The three of us have a strong friendship going back decades. That's right. We've got a lot of experience with a variety of gaming genres, and in the past couple of years have shared a deep appreciation for factory and automation games. This week, we'll start off by talking about the first bottleneck, what's in the glass? What are you drinking this week, Dave? Today, I've got a Rosa Hibiscus Ale from Revolution Brewing right here in Chicago. Uh, It's got a little bit of a sour note, a little bit of sweetness to it, um, but it's very delicious, very drinkable for almost 6% beer, Uh, and it's got a a gorgeous reddish color. How about you, Kamal? Uh, I haven't actually had time to grab a drink yet, but I'm going to be grabbing a Great Lakes uh, Conway Irish Ale. Very nice. You need to get on that, man. Yeah, I do. I'm coming straight from a guitar lesson, so I'm you know, kind of catching up here. Oh, very cool. And then I'm dipping into my stock of Dogfish Heads 120-minute IPA. Heavy hitter. I think it was between 18 and 20% this year, and I think I drink this on a past podcast, but somewhere in the 1,000 IBU range is what they're claiming. I mean, obviously, when you get over a certain amount, it, it doesn't really matter. You can just make up a number at that point, so... <laughs> Dogfish heads, one twenty in, in my glass. Yeah, you usually don't remember it after you've had one of those the next day. So no surprise, <laughs> right. you're not sure if you had it on the, a different podcast. <laughs> it does make sense. There's not a whole lot of interesting news in the factory and automation game space this time around. In terms of expansions, Riftbreaker was supposed to be releasing their Metal Terror expansion on May 30th, but they ran into some issues with that and they've pushed it to July. Always good to see someone pushing something back rather than trying to cram it out full of bugs. So no worries on that one. Um, We'll have to review Riftbreaker sometime in the reasonably near future, but maybe we'll wait until that expansion drops. In regards to some other events that were going on in the genre, Autonauts had a community creation contest where fans were showing off their colonies that created, their little towns. Uh, So head over to the Autonauts Discord and check them out. Additionally, Tectonica opened signups for the Alpha this week. You can get the link by heading to their Discord. It's a free to sign up, and they said they would be reaching out to people by er, in mid-June to early July. You should get some communication around that. And then they also did another Ask Me Anything. Head over to their Discord where they have all the questions up there, and you can do a, a replay of that as Ask Me Anything. Finally, Captains of Industry announced they will be releasing an early access on Steam on March 31st. The price point looks like it's going to be $30 US. Uh, It's another one we definitely need to check out. It's a really interesting looking game. A lot of different levels of production lines, similar to the one we're looking at today, Factory Town, where you automate different things like farming and mining and everything. Yeah, we'll we'll be looking at that one in the near future, I'm sure. Yeah, if this is the one I'm thinking of, it gives a lot of vibes off of like a city skylines or a SimCity style game, right? It's got a very similar look yeah. and feel to that. So 
you know, Sim SimCity is close to my heart. I know we used to play the heck out of it as kids. It's definitely one that I think we need to get into when it comes out. So yep. definitely be on the lookout for a first impressions on that one when it's released. SimCity with more logistics, I feel like. Exactly, yeah. That's exciting. So this week's game review of the week is Factory Town. Factory Town is a game by independent independent developer Eric Asmussen. He started developing this game back in 2017, releasing it to early release or early access rather on uh, in mid 2019, and then released it as a full version back in November of 2021. So Factory Town is you start off with a village. You control little workers and little villagers, and you're using them to harvest, to move goods around. But it's very much your typical, you're building up a town, you have to go through the research, you're harvesting, moving through recipes, creating more and more advanced, more complex assembly lines, and then you eventually move and unlock logistics such as conveyor belts, uh, little log chutes where you can roll items down it, and... Eventually, you'll get to trains. I think there was mine carts in there that I've seen. But you'll eventually be able to use your villagers to run the buildings faster. Like you can add workers to it and you can have them run the trains instead of manually hand moving the items around. Uh, there's a whole research tree, several tiers. Each tree takes more and more complex items, build it, you know, from a more complex assembly lines in order to build. Yeah, and there are additional raw materials that you couldn't mine or find earlier. Um, logistics events eventually get to the level of like airships and uh, moving things around in different ways. And all the things that you're producing are either in service of expanding the factory or keeping your villagers happy. Uh, a lot of things like expanding and getting more villagers are gated behind keeping as many of them happy as possible. That's how you can, you know, sort of build more houses and keep getting more villagers so you can build more buildings and staff them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, eventually, uh, you get to creating like these magic crystals as you harvest earth stone and fire stone and air stone and water stone and mana crystals. Um, I don't think either of us has quite gotten to the magic portion of the game yet. That's pretty far on. There are 10 technology levels, each one more complex than the previous one. And I just got to the sixth one the first time. The game has both a sort of random open world version where you, you know, just sort of start from the beginning. And it looks like the end goal is to produce everything it you need for an Omni Temple, which presumably is a bunch of magic stuff. Um, but the other way to play, there's a eight, uh, an eight-level campaign where each one of them has a different set of objectives, a different set of things you need to build to complete that portion of the campaign before you can move on to the next one. And then you start mostly over from scratch with a uh, you know, slightly built-up town on each level. And you have a few more things you can build each time. Yeah, the game's build as uh, no enemies and starvation free. So for the most part, there seems to be very little pressure in the game. Uh, most resources are infinite. Or I believe that you said there was a trading post 
at some point. I haven't got in there yet. Yeah, um, you can get to trading posts where you can. Uh, all it really is is another building where you can import input a resource and output a different one. Uh, it's just that you know there, it's not a production building. It's your like you're trading stews for butter or uh, iron bars for gold bars, things like that. Yeah, so it's a top down. What would that be considered? Like a two and a half D type of game? Yeah, it's 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 pretty much three D, considering you can manipulate the camera around in a lot of different ways, and you build up as well as side to side x y z axes and then the closest game i would compare this to would be like a cube effectorium or an autonauts but where this game differs is this does as you mentioned previously have the varying levels of terrain so you actually have to take that into account when you're building because it's where your conveyor belt comes in and leaves may have to go up and down using uh various uh ramps and what are they called? Um, post or uh, like different kinds of supports, like scaffolding. Right, scaffolding. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of a mixed blessing to have that uh, height involved. Um, some some things can be a little difficult to figure out how to squeeze them in around the varying heights of the terrain and the other buildings, but also it means you can sort of build things up on a platform, which feels a little bit gamey sometimes, but. It's at least a somewhat interesting mechanic. But you can actually use the height to your advantage with uh, with the gravity-powered chutes, right? Yes. So you can roll, roll items down. At least. Yeah, and it's way faster than the early-on conveyor belts that you have, too. So then the initial impressions of the game, what do you got for me, Dave? There are a few annoyances here and there, um, like sort of if you're trying to figure out how to build things on different levels, it can be pretty frustrating from time to time but overall i've really enjoyed my time with this game um you have a lot of different production chains um, but not so many that you can't keep them all in your brain at the same time for different production chains you have different research that you produce like uh, eventually you get to where you can produce like uh nature research and mechanical research and then different magic researches which i haven't gotten to but also you have different coins for selling different goods, like food gets you yellow coins, and then general store goods get you red coins. Things at the apothecary get you blue coins. Um, and those all are able to provide different things for you. You can boost different buildings with them. You unlock different technology with different coins and different uh, types of research. It's really interesting. I like finding all the new things to build figuring out how to piece everything together. The map can get a little crowded, but also a lot of times you can just sort of build buildings on top of each other and get around that. And, you know, sometimes it can be hard to deal with pathing of villagers and their carts and caravans if you don't do everything by belts, which the belts can get uh, very convoluted and spaghetti. But if you do have villagers, you need to like make sure they have roads and make sure their carts can get from place to place. So you do a lot of building over things and under things. And, uh, you know, sometimes it can be annoying. Sometimes it can be an interesting puzzle. But overall, I've really enjoyed my time with this game. Yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely in the initial impressions phase. I have 4.9 hours in it at this point. 
I'm still getting used to it. I get a little bit overwhelmed when I'm looking at the recipes. Some of them are seem to be pretty lengthy. There's a lot of steps to them. I got frustrated early on because I'm trying to build just a food, just a way to get some food out, right? And you have your farm that's piping the wheat to the flour mill that's piping that to the bread factory. And, you know, I've had to reconfigure it several times. And finally, I'm just like, I'm going to play something else for a minute. I need to clear my, my head because I just got overwhelmed from it. And, but overall, not very many pressures in the game. It's more, definitely more casual. It's more for the person who wants to think about the the logistics without having to worry about starvation or enemies coming to pillage things i like the fact that the people in the game you can just delete them and move them around and buildings you can move around you don't necessarily have to delete everything and replace it and the game is a lot more expansive than it appears as well so i started a a custom map that was infinite so it's technically infinite in every direction it's just a matter of Build to your heart's content as far as you want. And I really like that. It's good. That's like a Factorio vibes there where the planet you're on is, is never ending in any direction. Yeah. And it is procedurally generated. Everything, you know, is randomly built. Uh, I, I like that. The, uh, the trading posts, like we talked about, seem to be largely random. You know, there are a few, a few trades that I've seen recur here and there that, you know, maybe it's got a, a set number of, things that you can trade for other things, but uh, I really like the way it builds the worlds. And yeah, I've, I've got 12 hours in the game, so more than you, but I'd say I probably need to put another 10 to 16 hours into the game to the game I've been playing now before I would get to the end of it. And I think I'm probably going to end up doing that. And you said what you're tier tier six already. Yeah. Tier yeah, six. I think I'm 10, only tier- they get more complex as you go. Of course. Yeah, I think I'm only I'm coming towards the end of tier three right now. So I'm definitely will be be behind you right now. But yeah, it's a fun game. I'm definitely enjoying it. Um and and to think that it's an independent D D developer on it is is pretty yeah, crazy. It's so impressive for one person building this. So then what about the gameplay? Did you like and didn't like? Um so I, I really liked how everything sort of interlocked all the different production chains um you know it was just everything seemed to fit together nicely i was able to keep it in my head all at once and you know anytime i didn't i just stopped and cleared my head for a bit and then came back and i was able to figure it out like like we said the building around the topography can get a little tedious but it can lead to some fun solutions and can lead you to thinking outside the box so like Early on, I had some problems with shoots blocking where my people were walking. Then I realized I could just make my shoots come out of buildings three three blocks high instead of at the ground, and everybody would be able to walk under the shoots, and the shoots would you know, work even better because they're gravity-fed. They need to be going down, so it helps that I start them higher up. See, that's something I didn't realize that you could do, so I just learned something right there. I didn't know you could start a... Uh you know, the, the belts or the shoots higher up out of, out of a building. Yeah. It really helps with the overall logistics once you figure that out. Yeah. I would have, that that information would have been useful yesterday. Sorry. But (laughs) I found the storage was nice and easy to figure out how the storage worked. I liked that it was universal. 
So if you have multiple storage buildings around the map, if you feed something into it, it's available for your use for building. You don't have to put it all into one inventory or pipe it all to one building or even grab it into your own in- inventory. I mean, you, you don't even have an inventory, right? The the town centers or the the barns are basically your your inventory, right? So I did like that. The, the research was easy to figure out. Just build whatever the, the requirement is. Pretty easy. The elevation, until you told me about that little trick, you know, it's been killing me because I've been dragging belts next to buildings and can't understand why the item's not being pulled in. And then I realize it's a single elevation off. (laughs) That's why it's not working. So I had to figure that out early. I thought the piping of the fluids, if you didn't connect it just right underneath buildings, was a little frustrating because it's like, why isn't it working? It should be working. They're connected, but I didn't do it in the right order. And then, yeah, I thought the the, the pathing, I think you mentioned it the other uh, previously, but you have two, two uh, workers or two wagons that are coming at each other and they're about to cross paths and one side steps out of the way and instead of waiting for the one to pass, it just takes the slowest route possible to its destination. Right, so it's like, why did you do that? Just step back onto the path. It's fine. It's right there. Yeah, I've also learned to build my paths too wide everywhere. Just makes so life easier. Well, that's because you're a lot smarter than me. That's why. That's why you did that. <laughs> yeah. The, the other uh, the other fun shortcut I learned I figured out uh, that I don't know if you have is you can use page up and page down to change the elevation of whatever you're building at the moment. I did not. I have no yeah, clue that was it helps even a on. lot. <laughs> Again, information. No, I'm just kidding, but yeah, <laughs> definitely inform- information is very helpful. Maybe someone listens to this and it's helpful for the helpful for them as well. Um, and then the final comment on that: you do need a lot of room, it seems, to to build production lines. A lot more than it seems on the map. As you alluded to, you don't have like a player character in this. You're just building wherever you want and your inventory, so to speak, is whatever's in your town halls and barns and your storage buildings. So I, I really love that part of the gameplay. You know, I, I enjoy having your engineer in Factorio or your mech in DSP, but just being able to scroll around the map and build stuff wherever you want really fast is just so nice. Uh, on the topic of room to build, one thing that I did find kind of annoying also is the need to have all your houses attached to your town center, which means they need to be within a certain radius of the town center. And as far as I can tell, that radius doesn't really increase much. I guess when you upgrade your town center, maybe it does. Um, I, I haven't noticed just anything. thinking about that now. Um, and, but yeah, I'd need to check that out. But oh, and, this, and, the, and the same thing along that line is the uh, general store. Yeah, you're different the for selling buildings, the food yeah, market, yeah. and then later yeah, the they tavern about the carry. Yeah, exactly. They have a radius, and if the buildings are outside of it, it doesn't sell to them. So that can yeah. be a little bit annoying trying to get everything within all these radii of each other. And on well, the solution I found to that, after looking at the uh, what other people have built on Reddit, is that you can sort of stack things. You just like build a build a bunch of you know a, a road that's elevated above everything else and you can build another set of houses like stacked on top of your other houses and that just feels kind of dirty 
to be doing that. It's like, uh, yeah, definitely cheating the system when I do this. But man, it's so much easier than trying to find room to build all these houses. Yeah, I don't know how much of a fan I am of that. You know, it's, it gives like a mid, like a medieval times feeling to it. Yeah, and then we're just going to start. When, when I read about that, I was like, other. I'm never going to actually do that. <laughs> and then I started playing you know. it. And I'm like, but I could just do that and it'd be a lot easier. <laughs> it's like, I understand now why they're using that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. So what about the, uh, the uh, balance did you like about it? Um, I really liked the recipes. They mostly made sense. Some of the food's a little wonky, but um, it just, you know, they, a lot of them worked well. The Some of the food, like, I don't know, you needed butter for fish stew, but not any other stew. That was kind of weird. Uh, being able to use raw use shoots for raw materials is really nice. The fact that you can build those pretty early on and you're able to get, like, your lumber and your rocks places really quickly and easily is really helpful. There's a pretty solid progression of the speed of like your belts and mine carts as you build things out of wood and then metal, etc. Wood, cloth, metal, so on and so forth. Um, I, I like the way they designed that. Yeah, and I'm just going to echo a lot of what you're saying there. The, the recipes do make sense to me for the most part. Um, most of them are one-to-one, two-to-one, uh, nothing like you put in one log or you have to put in 10 logs to get out one board, right? That's not how it works. It's one log in, one one plank out. That makes sense. Um, from my perspective, since I'm only just shy of five hours into this, some of the recipes seem to be very complex or, you know, many steps along the process to to get to an end product compared yeah, to some being of the able other to, games out there. Being able to input things on different levels to the building is the thing that sort of got me over the hump on stressing about getting all the logistics together. Yeah. It's just so huge to be able to do that. That's good. And the other thing I figured out that was really helpful. uh, I apparently I'm turning this into a tips and tricks episode. Uh, (laughs) When I realized that on your building tab for farm stuff that you can just like plant whatever plants you want, wherever you want, they won't produce more as quickly at first, but you can just like, you can build a farm that produces tomatoes and carrots and potatoes so that you can just, you know, feed straight from that farm to a kitchen where you can make your vegetable stew. That was really helpful. Yeah, I did notice that. And you just have to increase the number of workers to increase the output speed. Yep. So you can kind of balance. And I do like that about it. You can balance the those production lines just by increasing the number of people. So if you need to like, oh, I need a little bit more raw materials, I'm going to put three people on it instead of one. Yep. Uh, and I never really it- found I ran into worker bottlenecks. Like as long as I kept building houses at a fairly steady pace, I always had plenty of workers to staff all the buildings that I was building. Yeah, and I even got to the point where I think – now, obviously, I'm not that far into it, but I was able to recycle some of the workers and I go through and deleted a yeah, bunch of them off the map because they were just standing yep. around, right? All right. What do you think of the controls overall? Uh, I'm middle ground on the on the controls. I think moving around, zooming in and out, panning, rotating the screen, that was all fine. I have no issues with that. Something that keeps hanging me up 
is I hit the E button on the screen. And then I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't want to open that menu. I just want to exit out of it. So I start hitting Q, which in Factorio is the hot key to close everything. And it starts typing Q on the screen and it starts filtering down items. And I'm like, no, that's not what I wanted. So then I start hitting right click and right click isn't doing anything because that's also a cancel button in most of the games. And then it's like, ah, oh. so I finally reach up and hit it's escape to get out of that window. But the number of times I've done that in the last... Uh, and the last week is on a frustrating level. But again, that's me. That's not the game. That's me trying to learn the, learn the controls. But um, the fact that I have to move my hand to get out of a window that I accidentally opened is a little bit frustrating. Maybe there's a better way to do it. Um, but overall, most of the hotkeys make sense. And I haven't really had any issues other than my own personal issues with it. But <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I think there's something to those issues. I, I had a similar feeling like when, you know, once I'm once I've started building something um, like I, I go into the build menu and then I if I accidentally hit the key again, it starts filtering. If I if I hit B twice, it's like, oh, you're searching for buildings with a B in them. I'm like, no, I just hit B twice. Please stop. I wish it didn't trap your cursor and start typing as soon as you opened some of the menus. Exactly. It's kind of annoying. Exactly. Some of the hotkeys are like a little far apart on the keyboard uh, or a little annoying to get to, but you know, also it's just, you're never in that big of a hurry to do anything in this game. So it's not that bad to have issues like that. I got sometimes a little annoyed by how things worked with dragging paths like roads and, uh, shoots and conveyor belts and, uh, railroads. It always gives you like the shortest path between the start and the end. And it makes weird choices on elevation changes. Usually I want to like build the path across where I'm dragging. Um, but it doesn't place anything until you release the mouse once you click and drag. So it's like, oh, I want to build like a loop here, but I have to start building half of it, release, and then start building the other half and hope that it treats it the way I want to. Uh, which can be a little annoying. And then when I'm building my two wide roads, I have to click and drag twice rather than being able to, you know, like cover a, a larger portion of ground, which, you know, I'm just kind of lazy and that that annoys me. And the other thing, um, I played it very briefly using just my laptop the other day and like zooming and changing the angle and everything is so much more tedious when you don't have a, a separate mouse, when you're trying to use a trackpad, the, the middle mouse button is, or the, the scroll wheel is very important for navigating this game. And then as far as graphics go, so I don't really have much to say about this. I thought graphics were just kind of basic for the, for the genre. Um, animation seemed pretty minimal. Overall, it gets the uh, job done. Uh, and just like our past reviews, I'm not really uh, listening to the background music and video game guy, so I can't really comment on the sound at this time either. I don't know if you experienced any of that. Yeah, I'd say this is where it most is obvious that it was a single developer. The graphics are not exactly the prettiest, but they get the job done. They do a pretty decent job of conveying information. Um, you know, 
I, I do get annoyed that none of the buildings have any kind of label usually. So like you've got your food market, your tavern, your general store, or you need to direct a lot of uh, a lot of different objects to. A lot of your various products need to get sold there, but they, they're not labeled. You just need to sort of memorize what they look like. And they're pretty differentiated, but I would say it's not like super obvious which is which necessarily. Just because I can tell them apart doesn't mean I can tell which is which uh, without playing for a fair bit longer. Um, so I have to kind of hunt for them and try to remember what they look like. The music, I, I have listened to it a little bit. It's some pleasant background music. You know, there's nothing earth shattering about it, but it's, it's solid. It certainly doesn't get any demerits for it. I, I enjoy it. I, I keep it on in the background most of the time when I'm playing, when I have nice. the chance. Next, we'll talk about the weight. Uh, this is a very, very simple game in terms of weight, I would say. Uh, it lets you play at your own pace. Most of the resources are infinite. You can run out of ore and stones in different deposits, but there are so many deposits around the map that it's not really that big of a deal. Your older items that you produce, you're still going to want to sell those as they still provide happiness to your townspeople. But if you process them instead, you do get more out of them usually. So you can either revamp your chains or build new ones. I usually prefer to build new ones. Um, so it's, it's just, it's sort of chill and relaxing all the way through, which is how I like my factory games. Uh, it's, I, I would give it very high marks on weight. Yeah, I would say simple as well. Not, or not really simple. I would say casual in this case. And I like the fact that you can yeah. move buildings around, move different things around. As, as long as they're, they're empty, of course, uh, storage buildings will air out and say you need to empty the building before you can move it. So that's nice just being able to go in and move it around without having to rebuild it. And then, yeah, since resources are mostly infinite... Um, I saw there was a mine in the game. I don't know how that affects the, you know, how much you can mine out of a specific vein and whatnot. But as far as I can tell, it just means you deplete it faster. But is that what know, it is? Maybe you game? unlock something where you can replenish later on, or maybe yeah. it's replenishing and I just didn't notice. Yep. Yeah, I don't really know. Haven't got in there, but maybe when we revisit this down the road, then uh, we'll have some more updates on that. And then what did you think about the replayability slash modding for this game? Yeah, it's got random maps. Love random maps. Um, yes, it's got the different true. training posts. Once you actually get to the point where you can use those, that's a nice feature. Um, it is a bit of a slog to redo things in the early game and rebuild your production from scratch and build all your houses and everything. But um, it, yeah, I mean, I've... I've I didn't mind playing through the first several rounds of the tutorial um, and then starting my own game. I, I never got bored with any of the early stuff. Uh, it does have Steam Workshop integration. I looked a little bit at what's available for it, and most of it seems to be like save files or maps that people generated or created in the sandbox mode to let other people play. So I don't think there are a whole ton of like mods that actually change the game, but there are people who have built like interesting looking scenarios for you to try. 
Yeah, and you know me, it has procedural generation, so I'm jumping for joy over here. I think that's a critical component of any game in this genre. So I'm super happy with that. Love that you can generate with different biomes and layouts. You could do cliffs, you could do rivers, you can do archipelagos, you can a whole host and slew of biomes that they have pre-built. Um, it gave me uh, gave me rim rimworld vibes when you're generating the map out with the amount of customization and all the different biomes and it has a lot of that feel with the graphics. So overall high high marks for me for the replayability and modding. And that brings us to the end of the review. So overall day, what was your impression on um, Factory Town? I mean I think I made it pretty clear that I enjoyed this game a lot and I'm gonna keep playing it. Uh, I'd say eight, eight and a half out of 10, somewhere in that range. Uh, it's fun to play. You know, once I finish a game, I'm not sure I'm necessarily going to go back to it. There's some things that are a little bit too gamey, but it's a very good time. I keep wanting to play more of it. I think about my production lines when I'm going to sleep at night. So that's always a sign of a good factory game. And I gave it a seven out of 10. Um, that's only because in the five hours I've played, I've already rage quit twice. When I've built out assembly lines, thought I had it good, and then realized it just wasn't going to work and got frustrated. But that's 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 on me. It just wasn't uh, works. But work sucks lately, so just been busy. So I just didn't want to think about it. Overall, I think this is a great game for someone who doesn't want to fend off outside power or outside pressures like enemies or running out of resources. If you want, if you're the person that likes playing with trains. You want to play with the logistics of doing it, setting up the assembly line, setting up the building layouts. I think this is the perfect game for you. It requires brain power in that aspect, and you could do it at your own pace. So overall, I think it gives a really good challenge from that standpoint and definitely uh, a person that likes that type of game. So then where can you find Factory Town? Well, it's released currently on Steam and Good Old Games. That's the two publish that's the two publishers I was or the two content delivery sites I was able to find it on. And then they also have a Discord server you can go join and they have a Twitter account you could follow for the game as well. I did not find an unofficial website for them outside of the developer's main page, but there's not much to the game on that website. I mean, you can't blame the guy for not spending a whole lot of time on the website when he's involved in actually working on the game. I did see that on his Twitter, he was talking about uh, he's hoping to finish up fairly soon a 2.0 upgrade that features a lot of user interface improvements. Um, and he showed off a couple screenshots of, you know, like uh, screenshots of the buildings, menus, which right now are a little bit bare bones, but they have, you know, some ta- different tabs on the building where you can see a lot of different information sorted very neatly. Uh, looks really interesting. That's pretty incredible that he's able to produce so much as a single developer. I, I didn't play this game, but I did a little bit of research and read some reviews before the episode today. And one thing that came up a lot was people were impressed at how bug free it was. I just, I haven't run into any issues with the game. It's really smoothly for me. Not a single one for me either. That's incredible. Yeah. 
And to think that he's working on 2.0 at the same time as well. And he made a bug-free game to start with. So he somehow manages to juggle all of that, which is crazy. I'm very impressed. Kamal, do you have any other uh, impressions based on your reading and what we've talked about tonight? Uh, No, I was a little bit curious to hear the music after hearing you guys talk about it. And I watched a few, uh, you know, let's play videos. I only got a few seconds of it, but I I enjoyed it too. It's, It's... I wonder how he did that. If you're already busy designing a game, doing graphics, uh, designing um, supply chains and all that, composing music on top of everything is, is, to me, pretty impressive as well. I actually just checked. Um, he does sell the soundtrack separately. It has Its songs are written by a, a, a composer. Oh, Clark okay. That Avowed, makes sense. Who I assume is someone who like does a lot of game soundtracks and such. So now that we've figured out how to get past some of Chris's bottlenecks in Factory Town, let's talk about a different bottleneck. Kamal, what's in your glass now? I'm actually drinking some Lucid Absinthe now. I think one beer is enough for me tonight, and I don't know, I haven't had it in a while. It sounded good. It's not something that I would reach for very often, but I, I do enjoy it. Is that the one with the eyes on the bottle? I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. No. <laughs> I think I had a bottle of that in the past. That's why I was wondering. It kind of rang a bell on my side. What about you, Dave? What are you drinking right now? Uh, I decided, inspired by Kamal, I went with some Great Lakes. Um, I switched to the Commodore Perry IPA, which is, it's a solid IPA. I'm not, like, super into IPAs in general. So it's not, like, my absolute favorite, but uh, I'm enjoying it. How about you, Chris? I am working on uh, Final Aleversary 7 by 8-Bit Aleworks. It's a play on Final Fantasy 7. They had their 7th anniversary this year, so they're not going out of business, as they like to say. It's just the play on the words. Final Final Aleversary 7, but it's a West Coast-style IPA, released only once a year on their anniversary, and probably the one of the top three beers that he does at 8-Bit really phenomenal beer and yeah went down there picked up an entire case of it threw it in the beer fridge so working my way through those right now and very happy i was able to stank some yeah sounds delicious and outside of the what's in your glass uh what have you guys been playing this week i busted out hades for the first time in a while um i played i played it religiously for a month or two uh, a while back you know a little while after it was released, not right away, but um, it's it's definitely one of my favorites. I, I don't usually play games in that style, that sort of ARPG isometric. Um, yeah, I, I used to when I was younger. I played Diablo 2 like crazy, but I've gotten away from that style. But Hades is just such a an amazing tight game with a great storyline, a lot of personality. I really love that one. So we got was able to get right back into it still do a couple of uh a couple of escapes from from the underworld um it's yeah it's always one of my favorites other than that i've mostly been playing factory town and uh deal with my youngest child turning two which is congratulations crazy he's, he's still alive so i'm i'm doing my job as a parent <laughs> yeah i've been doing uh 
Well, you and I did a little bit of streaming on Twitch. I think we put two or three episodes out of our Let's Play Dyson Sphere program, multiplayer, galactic scale. I know I had a lot of fun putting those together, and I played a little bit on the side, just validating some bugs were fixed in the galactic scale mod. And then, like you, also doing a little bit of Factory Town for the review. Got five hours in this week on that. And then Kamal, we were we were talking in the background earlier, but you said no uh, no games because of some other things in your life. But but I think there was something that you were talking about. Yeah, I've been super busy with a bunch of other stuff, house renovations. I helped my brother build a playset over the weekend for his son, and I've been getting open water certified for scuba diving, which has been a lot of fun. Oh, very nice. When you get your house done, you can go out on the lake and practice out there and there's a lot of shipwrecks out on the great lakes and all that yeah apparently it's one of the best places to do wreck dives because the shallow water right well it's shallow water and it's fresh water so it preserves them a lot better than saltwater environments yeah i know lake erie got a bad rap but it's a lot cleaner nowadays i think it's actually one of the cleanest great lakes now in terms of uh of the chemicals being dumped from those old steel plants down the river sure not lake michigan (laughs) <laughs> oh, they also don't dump, you know, tons and tons of green dye into the into the river every year either. So yeah, that stuff's supposed to be biodegradable. And that actually that river flows away from the lake nowadays. That's true. That's true. Uh, it's more of the sewage that I'm worried about. Yeah, a little green Gross. dye, a little of sewage. Who's to say which is worse for you? Anyone? Literally anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> this is where we would normally talk about our mod or mechanic spotlight of the week. Our review went a little long, so in the interest of keeping things brisk, uh, we decided that we would move it to its own episode, especially since we ended up talking a little long on what we were discussing this week. Because we were doing Factory Town, If you didn't notice during our review, we talked a lot about topography and how the hills and water impacted how we played the game. That made us reflect on how other games handled that same feature. And we spent quite a while talking about various other factory games and how topography, hills, cliffs, etc. played into how those games played. So look for that to come in the next week or so. And we will talk more about that and add on some news from anything else that happened in the factory game world. So before sending everybody off tonight, I wanted to sneak in one last update, a plug for a charity I've been supporting for a few years now. The Hardin County Habitat for Humanity is doing their yearly bourbon raffle. It's open right now. Um, It's open for a couple more weeks at the time this episode should be published. So head over to their website. I believe it's hardenhabitat.com. There should be a link on that site to the bourbon raffle. That's H-A-R-D-I-N habitat.com. The bourbon raffle includes a chance to win the first big prize. Or Sorry, the first big prize of this raffle is a five-bottle set for Van Winkle Distillery. This is uh, their 10-year old Rip Van Winkle, the 12-year Lot B, the 15, 20, and 23-year Pappies. So these are highly sought-after bottles that were donated, as well as a host of other prizes. So 
head over to their site, donate to the raffle while supporting a very deserving cause at the same time. Pretty impressive uh, prize right there. Thank you for joining us tonight. If you have any suggestions for the show, please let us know. You can email us at bottleneckshow at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter as at bottleneck underscore show or check us out on Twitch, the bottleneck show. We'll see you next time. And as always, the factory must grow. <laughs>